0: Everybody wants sensationalism, everybody wants headlines, everyone wants clickbait and that level of superficiality, I just, I can't, I can't stomach it. I hate it. I despise it. It goes against everything that I stand for and who I am. And so I do feel very concerned that that is very much where this whole industry is going.
1: Welcome to the 12-man podcast, where the roar of the crowd meets the whisper of carrier aspirations. I'm your host, Chris Gugela, and in each episode we delve into the dynamic world of sports carriers. Whether you are a young person eager to break into the industry or a seasoned professional looking to stay ahead of the game, this podcast is your playbook for success. Join me as we sit down with influential figures, from sports journalists to marketing mavens, uncovering the strategies and stories that shape the beautiful game both on and off the pitch, so lace up your boots and get ready to kickstart your sports carrier journey. Welcome to the 12-man podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, young aspiring professionals, welcome to the 12-man podcast, your ultimate playbook for igniting a carrier in the dynamic world of sports. Today I have the privilege of hosting uh, Semra Hunter, uh, a true powerhouse in sports journalism whose journey is... Let's say nothing short of uh, inspiring uh, from the heart of Real Madrid TV through sidelines of uh, e-football, e-sports tournaments, all the way to La Liga TV and I TV Sports. Semras' experiences offer a great roadmap, I think, for young dreamers looking to make their mark in sports media. And I think that was uh, that was enough uh, of an introduction. Uh, welcome to the 12-man podcast. Thanks <laughs> for coming. <laughs>
0: More than enough, thank you very much. It was a very kind and a very warm welcome to the podcast. and I'm very happy to be here. How are you? Uh,
1: I'm uh, doing very well. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, brilliant. Excellent. Enjoying the sunshine of Barcelona on a cold winter's day in January.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazing. Well, it's happy to hear that at least somebody's enjoying the sunshine because we in the Netherlands uh, are... Uh, Enjoying yeah, sorry to rub very, it in your face a little bit. Eh? <laughs> yeah, the very <laughs> freezing and dark weather. But, uh, Samra, I think we all want to know, uh, how how did it all start?
0: Well, um, it's a very good question. If you really want to go all the way back to the beginning, then you have to go all the way back to when I was three years old and I kicked the football for the first time and it was love at first sight. And I just knew in my heart of hearts that that was my sport and i grew up in the states i was born and raised in los angeles so for many people i'm sure they're all aware that in the u.s soccer is very much the girls sport it's the women's sport and so that's what we grow up playing and the guys you know they've got the american football they've got the basketball they've got the baseball they've got the hockey they've got everything else so you know we've got the best sport as far as i'm concerned so, I grew up watching the Premier League. I grew up watching the World Cups, which have always been my favorite competition and tournaments. And so, I actually wanted to be professional. That was my aim. So, when I was basically a child all the way through to my late teens, that was what I worked towards. And unfortunately, I had an injury that completely obliterated that dream. And so, I was actually quite lost at sea for a few years I really didn't know what to do after that because my whole life was pretty much dedicated towards getting me to that achievement of being a professional soccer player in the States um so I went to college uh I went to Berkeley where I studied international relations uh which was politics The reason I did that. that's because my other passion in life was travel, and at the time when I was 18 years old, I had this really romantic notion of what it would be like to work in a consulate or an embassy or work for the foreign service. Because in my mind, I was thinking, "Cool, I can travel the world, and every two three years, I can change countries." And anyway, I realized how much I hated politics, so that was the end of that. Um, so I was really lost for a while. I was for a couple of years just kind of drifting through life, really kind of beating myself up, almost in a way, really figuring out what to do next. Um, it wasn't until I was about 24, 25, that my mom had recommended. She really planted the seed in my head with this. She just said to me, well, you know what? Why don't you look into sports reporting? Because you would make a great sideline reporter. You love sports, you love to travel. It's a great blend between those two things. i was like, oh my God, Eureka moment. The light bulb went off. And uh, that's what I did. She basically charted that course for me and gave me my North Star and I've worked towards it ever since. So I, at the time, looked for a master's program that was dedicated to communications and sports journalism because I felt like I was really making it for lost most time since I didn't study journalism in my undergraduate. I got into a course in Madrid. I did my master's in Spanish and then it all really just kind of took off from there.
1: So uh, we... Might argue that it wasn't for your mom, uh, we wouldn't be seeing you. We wouldn't be seeing you on TV then.
0: Quite possibly. I mean, I do owe her a very big debt of gratitude. You could say for, for giving me that idea. Whether it would have come to me or not, who knows? But for certain, it was it was it was all her that gave me, um, yeah, that the impetus, I guess you could say, to to help me figure out what I wanted to do with my life
1: when uh you were doing thanks, the- Mom. <laughs> well surely yeah thanks uh our thank yous go to Semra's to Semra's mother for uh having a great uh host of uh of uh, La Liga uh, matches but uh, uh Semra you were talking about the masters and um and the latest stages how difficult was it for you to to enter this industry
0: you know what i I have always considered myself incredibly fortunate because I looked for a niche that I could get involved in. And I was in a very unique position that I knew I could exploit, which is to say that I was an American in Spain. I was native in English. who was also bilingual. And in Spain at the time, this is 10 years ago, pretty much no one could speak English. So I knew that I had that as an asset. And so one time on a trip that we took, a school trip to one of the biggest production companies in the country, they took us on a tour, they showed us around. My whole goal for that trip was to meet with the boss at the end of the tour, pull him aside and say, hey, this is who I am, introduce myself, this is what I want to do, do you think I have a place in this industry, in Spain, in football, because I knew I wanted to do football. Is there room for me? Someone who doesn't have experience, who's just finishing her master's, but can offer this, this, this. We had a great conversation. Two weeks later, he offered me an internship. And thankfully, because it was within such a big organization, when other opportunities came up, I was sort of part of the family, if you will. And so internally, they would ask around and say, who's available for this role? I got put forward without even knowing about it for Real Madrid TV, for example. They called me, Um, so actually, I was able to create a demand for myself because there was no one else like me, and so by virtue of making yourself unique, you stand out. I mean, it's 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 huge, it's huge. And like I said, I mean, obviously, I was in a completely different situation. I wasn't doing it in my own country. I wasn't doing it in an English-speaking country or in the UK, where there's a lot of competition, for example. I did it in a completely different foreign country. Um, so in some ways, I would say it was actually very easy for me. Not always easy. The road itself has been full of many obstacles. But in terms of getting opportunities, I've always been pretty fortunate, I have to say. But I can fully appreciate that that's not always the case.
1: Uh, you, I mean, we can all... Uh pretty much say that the uh, being productive or proactive maybe mm. helped you quite a lot on uh, on that journey. But what uh, sort of uh, characteristics uh, you'd say you have had uh, back then, like when you were mm. really searching for for your place uh, in the industry and then maybe compare it uh, also like with your characteristics now, sort of how you've mm. evolved? It's
0: a really good question because... I feel like for the last eight, nine years or so, I've pretty much always operated the same year, and I've only really noticed that in the last year or so, I have gone through a transformation, and I'm in a very different place now, in a much better place, I think. Um, at the very beginning, I was extremely driven and ambitious. Part of it was because I was feeding myself this lie, which I me mean, at the time felt like the truth, but now obviously looking back on it, its it was absolutely a lie that I was peddling to myself, which is that I had to make up for lost time because I was 25, I was so far behind everybody else and I needed to catch up, so I needed to work harder, I needed to do extra, I needed to do da 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 da. So I ended up almost like in this crazy cycle of just like my life was or it was career. I mean, I set everything else aside which is not necessarily always a good thing. <laughs> I mean, at the time I was happy to do it because I was young and and I, I was so passionate about becoming successful that I was happy to do this. But I mean, it is a road full of many sacrifices and it can be extremely painful and difficult at times. So I think you have to be resilient. You have to be extremely resilient and able to weather the storms and your passion has to be the guiding light that helps see you through you have to have that purpose as well because if you don't many people will fall by the wayside so i think in that sense i had what my dad always instilled in me which is the three p's purpose passion and perseverance and i used that to always make sure that no matter what was happening it kept me going it was like the fuel to my engine if you will so i would say those were really important characteristics that i had to to get me through the ups and downs and to help me continue to push for more and to help myself level up every step along the way um but i mean it was it was an exhausting grind i'm not gonna lie to you um it was mentally very taxing and mentally exhausting and physically exhausting and emotionally exhausting at times and it kind of wore me out which is why ultimately it has led me to this last year where I have been going through this now you can add a fourth p which is perspective why I'm looking at this in a very different way I feel like I've done a lot of the hard yards I've put a lot of blood sweat and tears quite literally into my career but now I feel like it's time for me to finally kind of take the foot off the pedal a little bit and start reaping the rewards of all of those seeds that I've been planting for the last 10 years. And to actually now not stress so much about it, not be so anxious about it, and to just really enjoy the process and go about it with a whole different attitude and much more relaxed. And I know it takes a long time to get there, believe me. but it is very possible. So I would say now, my characteristics, the ones that are still the same is to always be professional. So always be unbiased, despite what some people may say or may think. um, To always provide value and high quality. And Like I said, I think what is different now for me is like the speed at which I'm going. I'm not going at 100 miles an hour anymore because it did take a toll on me. Now it's about being more selective and doing the the work that really nourishes my soul, the products that I really love, something that I resonate with because that's the best way to get the best out of me, you know, what I can offer to everybody else so um yeah i hope that answers your question
1: <laughs> uh, it does answer more than enough i think uh i mean it's a very great story and uh obviously the key takeaways are that the, the great things uh, take time and then mm. of course uh, rome also wasn't built uh, in a day so uh For
0: sure.
1: So, but uh when before I was actually planning uh, planning this episode, I was uh, talking to to some other young people, and uh, they were um, they were saying that uh, at this point of life, where they are, so they so so, so they are pursuing this career in uh, in the sports industry, but at the same time, they feel like they are a bit uh, they are a bit stuck, you know, working uh, part time jobs besides uh, their studies, and those part time jobs uh, aren't uh, aren't relevant even to yeah. Do the study they do, and uh, would you say was it also a case uh, for you back then that uh, you were, for example, and working part time in a in a restaurant or somewhere?
0: No, I was actually um, I had had enough in my savings account to get by Mm -hmm. during my master's program, Um, and then when I got the job. I mean, I was working full time, the pay was terrible. That's just Spain in general, unfortunately, because the economy is, is not so hard. So I was basically living paycheck to paycheck. Um, That was really a struggle. And that was actually one of my main motivating factors for leaving Spain. Because it was I mean, it was extremely hard to live that way, as I'm sure many people can relate to. You know, I don't, I don't need to to really say that. I mean, it's it's fairly obvious, but at some point you do want to level up. At some point you do want to make more, because obviously, as you grow and you get more experience, you get more knowledge and and so on. I mean, the money that you earn should grow with it. So, in order for me to really do that, I had to leave Spain. Um. So, no, I never had that experience of working part time and also doing yeah. doing something else on the side. Yeah.
1: I feel like we are getting to uh, to the questions where oh, it's always about like challenges and difficulties mm-hmm. uh, already ask you how difficult it is to enter the industry, but uh, when you look in on your career. What are some of the the really the biggest challenges you've had to face
0: some of the biggest challenges let's see um one of them it's not exactly career it doesn't have to do directly with my career, but it is related to it in that because I was an American in Spain just The bureaucracy and just the ability to actually stay in the country was one of the biggest life challenges i've ever had because i had to find a way to get a visa Mm. and getting that sorted was nine months of just sheer agony and horror and stress i mean it almost broke me in the end um thank god it managed to work out That was a huge challenge for me um but again i would say this while it is related to career it is not exactly career so career-wise i'm sure you've probably heard this a lot being a woman in a male-dominated industry such as football can be extremely difficult at times because they don't always Value what you're really worth, and they don't take you that seriously and For some strange reason, there's this belief that fo- that women are just incapable of understanding football or talking about football, which I've never really quite understood. you know I mean, we're good enough for a lot of other things, but we're not good enough to just talk about twenty two guys running around in a pitch kicking a ball and chasing a ball i mean that's really what it boils down to in its most simplistic terms, you know so having to prove myself constantly and prove myself to be better than a lot of the guys as well to actually be taken seriously that's been a main a main obstacle i would say because it requires more work more research more effort more energy more time and you're trying to break down a huge barrier that's been in place for a very long time. Thankfully, now that barrier is starting to come down um, because more and more women are, are, are appearing on the scene, which is fantastic, and offering really quality analysis and coverage and work. Um, but that was a big one. That was definitely a big one. Um,
1: Sorry to jump in. Would you say no, that, it. Would you say uh, that there was, uh, was there ever a time where, let's say, you would be hosting um, somebody uh, in, a let's say, the pre-match show and uh, mm. that somebody would uh, be sort of giving you the signs uh, of like, well, you know, that they don't take you as uh, someone relevant or your opinions aren't relevant because you are just uh, you are just a woman and you don't know anything about football?
0: That's never happened to me. <laughs> Thankfully, that's Thankfully. never happened to me. Thankfully. Um, I have to say have been extremely lucky that when it comes to in-studio guests and pundits that I've worked with, they've all been brilliant and they've always treated me as an equal. They've never been the problem. Um, actually quite the opposite they usually are my champion they usually are the ones who are supporting me and encouraging me and helping me to grow and teaching me things and are quite happy to be the ones to to be mentors they've been absolutely tremendous um in my career and i have a lot to thank them for so no um in that regard touch wood it's 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 been fantastic trying to think of other obstacles that that would be interesting or relevant for people to hear because obviously there's all different kinds but they may not really kind of be that interesting to talk about um perhaps that, that that would be the biggest one i would say okay now we've already
1: I've already asked you about uh, some. Uh, Guess uh, you know, luckily there weren't any that weren't uh, that weren't uh, uh, a problem, let's say. But when it comes to all the people you've interviewed, and now let's just talk mm-hmm. about the nice things about about the industry, the nice things of your job, because we've been talking about negatives for long enough. Uh, when it comes <laughs> when it comes to the people you've interviewed uh, or worked with, uh, do you have any? Anyone who really stood out, uh, anything yeah. you really, or any really memorable interview, let's say?
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely. I've got it loved. Um, but the one that I always give as my example is Xavier Hernandez, because when I moved to Spain in 2007, before that I didn't know anything about Spanish football. And I had a boyfriend at the time who was Catalan and he Barca fans you could ever meet and so he really got me into it and at the time obviously this was the beginning of what would become the Super Barca team that everybody knows and loves I think even if you're not a Barca fan you could still appreciate what that team was I mean they were unbelievable um and so when I started watching Tavi, I just felt completely in love because that was the position that I played. I was a central midfielder, and I loved being the brain of the operation. I loved being the one orchestrating things and and pulling the strings, so to speak. So I adored him, and so I used to always make the joke that I could just retire the day that I interviewed him because I would never do anything better than that. But that day came so early in my career that I had to move the goalposts back after that. I was extremely privileged that I got to interview him three times on two separate occasions in Doha when he was living in Qatar. And I even got to play football with him twice. And he even complimented, he even remembered me when I went back months later. When he saw me, he was like, oh yeah, he started telling everyone how good I was at football. I was like, I couldn't believe it. Someone finched me. This isn't real. I'm like, what? Charlie's complimenting me. <laughs> Holy shit. Sorry, can I say that? Um, Anyway, um, excuse the French. Uh,
1: no, no worries, no worries, no worries. Yeah, I just, would, uh, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll beep it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, so and he was fantastic and he was so engaging and he was so warm and he was so easy to talk to. And I used what, what little Catalan that I could to also kind of establish just a deeper connection with him because he's one of those people like Royola who really, really does appreciate whenever you kind of make that extra but that extra effort to acknowledge the fact that they are so proudly catalan um
1: how did you he, sorry how did you uh, how did you react to to now xavi and the news of him uh, leaving fc barcelona
0: yeah you know what it doesn't surprise me because the journalists talk even if we don't always say what we know publicly um for various reasons but there's been talk since the summer that he was pretty much burnt out and ready to leave and and that's a job with really taken a significant toll on him which actually was why it was so surprising that he extended his contract at the <laughs> end of september i was like what um i mean you could even see it you could you could see the the physical wear and tear that has been taking on him since he came in. I mean, it, it, Barcelona is just like that as a football club. I mean, it, it's, it's soul crushing for managers. They all end up in the same way, no matter how successful or unsuccessful they've been. So I think from a human side, he's absolutely made the right choice because if he's feeling mentally just completely destroyed and burnt out and he has nothing left to give then you have to look for yourself you have to look after your well-being and you have to put yourself first at some stage so he's doing the right thing by stepping away and looking after himself um but i just think it's unfortunate that he almost came i think at a bad time in some ways, I think he came too soon in his managerial career, but perhaps he can come back one day in the future. But also just the whole situation with the club itself, I don't think really helped. Mm. Um, but yeah, long story short, I guess it, it doesn't surprise me. Um, but they had have it. <laughs> It'll be interesting <laughs> to see how the rest of the season plays out and who they find next.
1: Uh, very much sure. Now we've... Uh... Already started talking about football clubs, FC Barcelona. Uh just uh really ease off in the conversation and just uh, talk about a bit of your favorite things. Uh what is actually your favorite your favorite team? Spain. Just uh just uh, the national team, no clubs.
0: Here's the thing, right? Like when I moved to Spain, too, since I went, and for all of the reasons I was telling you earlier, I obviously became a very big Barcelona fan. And how could you not? Watching that team play was the most incredible football I've ever seen in my life. And it was impossible not to fall in love with that. So the thing is, then I went to work for Madrid for two and a half years. So obviously they have a very important place in my heart and a special place in my heart because you get to know players, you get to know people work at the club you establish real relationships with these people and so they matter to you and you want them to be successful and you care about their achievements so I kind of decided then whenever I started to work for La Liga I was just going to put all of those feelings aside and just be neutral because I think that's just the, that's my personal belief is that that's how you should go about doing a business and um I said, right, I'm going to just rise above the club level and I'm just going <laughs> to stick with the national team. So, stay.
1: <laughs> uh, that's a great approach. Now, talking, uh, talking about your personal beliefs, uh, what do you think that uh, sets apart the successful sports journalists
0: from, from others? Integrity. Honesty. Inability to really engage and connect with the audience. Offering quality. Um, I find this very worrying trend kind of across the board. It's not just in, in sports or in football. League. It's happening in mainstream media. It's happening in entertainment. It's happening everywhere in, in wider society, which is now everybody wants sensationalism. Everybody wants headlines. Everyone wants thick bait and that level of superficiality I just I can't I can't stomach it I hate it I despise it it goes against everything that I stand for and who I am and so I do feel very concerned that that is very much where this whole industry is going and I'm actually kind of in in a in a moment with myself now where I'm trying to figure out okay, where is my place now in this industry, and where does it go from here and and how do I continue to to be the person that I would be and so I don't know i mean it's 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 sad to see um I, mean, I know there's a lot of journalists who really wouldn't enjoy being involved in a lot of this, but they almost have no other choice because at some point, I mean, of course, you still need to have an income, you need to pay the bills, you need to look out for your family or whatever it is, you still need to make money, right? I, I understand that. But for me, that is becoming rarer and rarer to find people who actually do genuinely care about. Proper analysis of the game rather than just talking about so and so's latest haircut or latest outfit or new car or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I uh, to be honest, I kind of feel like you started uh, also answering answering uh, the final question, uh, the final <laughs> question uh, of, of this podcast. Uh, before we wrap up and before I ask you that, uh, final question i actually want to say that the point of this podcast really uh, when it comes to advice is we have one signature question which uh, is always asked to the guests of uh, the development podcast at the very end of the podcast and uh, the question is uh, very simple Semra, are you ready
0: i'm ready let's do this
1: let's go well what advice would you give to young people who are trying to to make it in the sports industry
0: I think the number one thing is to, no matter what, ignore the noise, ignore the distraction, be your authentic self. Figure out who your authentic self is first. Find your voice. Figure out who you are on the inside and stay true to that. Try not to be influenced or swayed or persuaded to be something that you're not because eventually it will catch up with you and eventually it will take you to a place you don't want to be so my number one advice would be be you you're unique there's no one like you on the planet so do what you can to shine as you not only will you enjoy it more but everybody else will enjoy what you have to offer as well because it's real it's true it's genuine you know And we now live in a world where so much is fake and we're surrounded by superficiality. It can be very difficult sometimes to actually find people who are authentic. (laughs) So that would be my, my number one thing. And I think another thing to say is that the beauty of this industry is that because it is so big, there's so many points of entry. And there really is no one set established road that everybody has to follow to get in. Everyone's path is totally different. It's totally unique. So feel free to be creative. Feel free to think outside of the box. Feel free to take risks and try something that maybe other people aren't doing because it could work out really well for you. And at the end of the day, have fun. Enjoy it because that's, that's why you're doing it, right? <laughs> so yeah. There
1: you go. That was a very very beautiful uh finishing uh finishing touch. Uh <laughs> m- massive thank you uh to Samra for for sharing your wisdom uh with us uh, today.
0: You're very welcome anytime. <laughs>
1: uh, and uh, thanks to all of you as well for tuning in to the first episode of the 12 Men Podcast uh, I hope uh, Samra's journey has motivated you to pursue your sports uh, career dreams don't forget to follow the 12 Men Podcast on social media and Spotify and Apple Podcasts for more inspiring interviews and valuable insights well what else to say stay inspired keep learning and remember you're closer to your goals than you may realize until next time keep kicking